Genesis chapter 28. Genesis, the book of Genesis. If you have a Bible, flip over to the book of Genesis. If you don't have a Bible, uh, pray and ask God to forgive you. No, I'm just kidding. That's horrible. I shouldn't have even said that. Shanadahaya. Shanadahanda. Banabarahande. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> you guys there? You guys are crazy. You feel left out. I, you know, I feel bad even promoting that YouTube video because... <laughs> have you got... <laughs> can't do it. I ain't saying brother from the mic. I can't do it. I won't say it from the mic. Okay. Genesis 28 verse 10. You know, we're always teaching and, and preaching, at least I am, we are, uh, from the New Testament. And I'm going to try to get back in the Old Testament as much as I can. Um, some of you are like, he's getting religious on us again. No, it's actually good. The whole Bible is inspired by God. Amen? And we want to read the whole Bible and teach and preach from the whole Bible. Your neck's going to hurt by the end of the service because you're letting it look around Caleb's head. <laughs> it's okay. Just, just forgive him. Just forgive him. Caleb, you really should repent, bro. It's really bad. Just give him ashes. Somebody just give him ashes. Throw it on his head. Genesis 28, verse 10. <clears throat> I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And it reads something, something like this. Now, Jacob. Do you guys know who Jacob was? <laughs> no, not Jacob. <laughs> there is no relation with Twilight with my message tonight. I, I assure you. What? The devil's a liar. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> okay. Genesis 28, verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. Okay, so he was heading north. They're in the Middle East there in Jerusalem, and he was in Beersheba. What a name. If you ever want to name a kid that, do it. I won't judge you. Genesis 28, verse 10. <laughs> uh, and they went toward Haran. Haran was quite a few, I think it was about three days' journey north. Um, and so Jacob goes by himself. He runs away from his dad because he stole his brother's blessing. Good thing to do. When, you're, when you steal somebody's blessing, run. Uh, better yet, don't steal somebody's blessing. Just don't do that. If we could just stay there and, and think about that. Just stop stealing people's things. How do you steal a blessing? Very craftily. Jacob was a crafty man, and he happened to steal his brother's blessing from his dad and his father, Isaac. Okay, so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. Say, put it at his head. He took a stone and put it at his head. You know he was poor. I mean, the dude was sleeping on a rock. So he's walking around, the sun started setting, and he's like, 
okay, I'm going to go to sleep, bends over, picks up a stone, <laughs> and lays on it to fall asleep. These dudes were really in the Old Testament, man. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord. You guys get the picture? He's sleeping with his head on a rock, uncomfortable. Nonetheless, he's sleeping, has a dream. Angels start like, and like doing all these, like, how do they do that? Like, do they... Do they flutter their wings or do they just, like, their wings just stay still? Still, steel? Their wing, I took a speech class in fourth grade. Don't judge me. <laughs> their wings just stay still. And I really did. Not kidding. For three years. <laughs> They're supposed to let you out for the first year, but apparently I wasn't good. I, I remember sitting in class one time and I was like, why am I in this class? Like, I remember sitting with other guys. Like, there's like three of us. And then this teacher, and she would, like, look at us around the table and, like, do, like, really stupid games. And, like, we were in fourth grade, but they would teach us, like, first grade stuff again. Like, one plus four is five. Repeat after me. And I'm like, one plus four is five. And I'm looking at the people next to me, and I'm going. And I remember asking the lady, why am I in this class? And she's like, Gabriel, we'll talk after class. She never talked to me after class. <laughs> I still wonder. I, I got to ask my mom. Why was I in the speech class? Was I really that? Okay. <clears throat> was I really that bad? Okay. So um, what was I saying? The wings. Do they stay still? I mean, what do they do? Do they, do they have wings? Do we know? Okay. They have like four wings and they're covering their face with, with two of them and the other two. So angels are descending and ascending, and God speaks from the top of this humongo ladder. Like, what's this ladder look like anyway? Is it made out of wood, steel, bananas? What is this? What's a heavenly ladder look like? I'm just, it's a vine. It's, it's clouds. Shit about a hiya. Okay. <laughs> okay, and he says this. God says, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father. And the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Verse 16, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. He called the name of that place. When they poured oil on it, they were signifying anointing the place, and that was what they did in those times. So, He called the name of that place Bethel, or the house of God, but the name of that city had been Luz previously. Verse 20, Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I can come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God, 
And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be, that, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. It's a good story. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians. The book of Ephesians written to the church at Ephesus. Uh, approximately 4 billion years later, according to the Walking with Dinosaurs people. I think those guys were Christians, weren't they? Anybody know? Anybody go to that Walking with Dinosaurs other than Brett? Brett, did you go? Dude, you're telling the story like you went. Oh, yeah. Anybody go to the Walking with Dinosaurs? Was it good faith? Yeah? Paul, you are funny, man. (laughs) Paul's got jokes all the time, man. (laughs) We love you, Paul. Ephesians 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Jiretta said, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. You're no longer aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. In the Spirit. If you want to flip back to Genesis 28, we're going to be looking at that scripture for the rest of the night, but I will also reference Ephesians 2 later on tonight. So let's pray and we'll get started. Sound good? Okay, about four of you with me. Praise the Lord. Should have been a Hyundai. Okay, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we love you so much. God, we thank you that you call us your children. And God, that you desire to bless us. And God, you have blessed us so much. And for that reason, God, we're here tonight to give you thanks, to gather together, to worship, to honor you. And God, that you would, we ask that you would encourage us, equip us, edify us. God, that you would cause us to be knit together, bound together. God, that your truth would cause us to be set on a right path, on a straight path. God, not only that we would just hear what your truth is and what it says, and we leave here just going to do the same old thing, but God, that we would be people that actually listen, receive, and apply your living word to our life and see real transformation. God, I just pray that you would destroy the lies that the enemy has brought into your church, and God, that tonight you would establish truth and bring freedom to our minds and to our hearts and to our understandings. Lord, we bless you and we thank you so much. <clears throat> In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I did have a baby a few weeks ago, and I think every time I've spoken since then, I've used an analogy about a baby, and so uh, I'm going to do it again. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm daily realizing how, how, how much a baby is not like me. Um, in good ways, like I'm, I'm, I'm like kind of beginning to to look at my son and think, man, I wish I was more like you in so many different ways. And uh, one of those ways is, well, one day I was, uh, it was a few days ago, I was spending time with <clears throat> Ashley, and I came home, and I kind of had a long day, and I was kind of tired. <clears throat> I went golfing all day. <clears throat> oh, I love golfing. 
And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I went golfing all day, and I walked, like, all day. So I had a tough day, you know? Right? I mean, I'm trying to justify myself, so just help me out here. <laughs> yeah, Gary, we got a tough day. <laughs> yes. So I had a tough day. I had one of those days where you're in the sun all day, you're hitting balls, and you're talking with people, you're getting tan, you're, you're eating sandwiches, drinking water. I need Andrew to be up here on the piano and, like, playing his little deal. And I come home, and I sit on the couch, and oh, I'm so bad, Mariah. I do this. I'm so bad. So I go, Ashley, how was your day today? That was more like this. Ashley, how was your day today? And and subconsciously, I'm doing this, but I'm trying to listen. <laughs> Stop judging me. <laughs> if you're getting married, Jonathan, <clears throat> don't do this. <laughs> you will eventually. It happens to the best of us. Right? Does it? Is, this, is it just me? Okay. I'm, I'm all by myself. And, and I asked her, how was her day? And she starts telling me things. This happens especially at the end of the day because I'm so tired and my brain's all over the place. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm trying. And I really do want to listen. And, I, and, and it's just like, like I get so distracted so easily, so quickly. Like my brain just is so, listen, I'm trying to explain myself. Because you guys are all looking at me like I'm this bad guy. And so she starts telling me about her day, and she started telling me about this whole story about her working out, which I uh, actually didn't even hear. And later that night, we, we come, we were talking about a bunch of other things, and we went and hung out with her parents, and they came back home, and, and, I'm, and I'm at home, and, and, and I said, she has, you guys know those, like, workout balls, like those big, like, you know, workout balls you sit on? Not a bowling ball. <laughs> One of those big exercising balls? Thank you. Oh, thanks. I didn't know what that was called. Uh, and, I, and I was like, this ball was like rolling around in our, in our bedroom. Like, it was rolling. Because we have a fan on, so it was rolling around. It kept, like, it would roll, and then hit the wall and roll back. And I like, walked in, and the light was off, and I tripped on it. And I was like, stupid ball. And I just wanted to, like, destroy this ball. So I asked Ashley, I'm like, what the heck is this ball? Like, you never even use this thing. Like, what? She's like, I use it today. I'm like, use it today? And I'm like unlocking the, because I, because what happened, anyway. Use it today? And she's like, yeah, I told you a whole story about using that ball today. Oh. Yeah, totally. I, I remember. What did I do, Gabriel? Oh, well, you, you sat on the ball and you did some sit-ups and stuff. No, not at all. Yeah, I didn't hear anything you said. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> That only happens every once in a while. I promise. I'm not that bad. Okay, whatever. Just being transparent and trying to, you've been there? Yes. Somebody else. Anyway. Well, I, that's one of my problems is I'm so easily distracted. Like, I'll be talking to somebody and, like, like I want to be fully focused. And, and But, like, things happen. Cars drive by. <laughs> That's a big deal. You know, like a, a vehicle goes, 
The sun is in the sky, and, and you just, you begin to think about the balls of flame that are on the sun, and like, what if we were a mile closer to the sun, and what if we were a mile further away from the sun, and all these, these thoughts just, and so I get easily distracted, and so when I look at my son, um, he, when I look at my son, he, uh, he's like always, like, always aware like, when you're, like, frustrated, like, he can feel that you're frustrated. <laughs> and <laughs> when you're, like, when you're excited, like, he gets excited. Or, like, when it's just you, it's like it's just me and Ashley and him, like, he's just chill and calm. But when, like, a bunch of people come, he, like, gets awake and, like, excited. And his eyes get all huge, like, looking around. And, like, I'll, I'll give you a story. One time... This was, I think, last week. Me and Ashley were, were giving him his first shower. We we've given him baths uh, up until this point, but we wanted to give him a shower, and because uh, I've been told that showers, you know, like massage him and help him feel comfortable. And so I'm in the shower, and Ashley's like, "Okay, get ready, get this, the temperature right." And so I'm trying to get the temperature right, and, <clears throat> and Ashley's like, "Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hand him to you." <clears throat> and uh, and his eyes are kind of closed, and he's just like, eh, you know, just chilling and. And I get this, I get the shower going, and 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 I'm standing there, and she she hands them to me, <clears throat> and I grab him, and instantly he just throws his hands out, like, <laughs> and his eyes get huge, like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> like, it's almost as if he'd never experienced this, which he hadn't before. He was in a ball of water before, but water splashing on him was different. And so I took him, I'm toiking him, I'm t- I took him, and I'm holding him, and I'm, and I'm just, you know, he's just, he's, once still, he's just. You know, and, and I'm trying to just hold on to him and like, it's okay, you know, and trying to be like soft and stuff. And, and I'm like, this water is splashing on my back and it's splashing all over onto him. One of the things Ashley told me never to do is tell stories about being in the shower. So don't tell her I told you guys this. And so the water splashed in the back and sprang all over him. So he's like, you know, like trying to like, you know, like water. You're not supposed to get water in their eyes at first at this young, you know. It's, I don't know this. I'm just like, this is so fun, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he peed on me, and and uh, it was pretty cool. And and I'm like, this shower is too hard. So I, I realize, I turn around, and I look at the, the shower head, and it's got like those adjusters. You can like turn the, turn the pressure down. You can turn it up. So... I'm trying to be a good dad, you know? Like, I'll just turn it down and let it just kind of drizzle out. Bad idea. So I turn around, and I'm like, nee, nee, nee. you know, and he's like, uh, I'm like, look, I'm like, it's all right, buddy. And I go like this, and the whole shower head pops off, <laughs> and water goes, <laughs> he starts freaking out, like throwing his hands in there, screaming, and what, like, and this thing's shooting straight out like a fire hose. Hits him in the chest. I'm like, oh gosh, and dropped him. And no, I'm just kidding. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't drop him. I didn't drop him. <laughs> I didn't drop him. That would have been really bad. Okay, I dropped him, but she didn't see it. So she didn't see it. No, I'm kidding. I didn't drop him. I didn't drop him. And and Ash is like, oh my gosh, give him to me. What are you doing? And takes him and like puts him in the bath. And I I shut the curtain. I start dying laughing and. This fire hose is like spraying on me. I'm like, oh, this is fun, you know. But it was so funny because as he goes into the shower, it was as if, it was as if he knew what was coming. Like, 
he's going to get me. I can sense it, you know. <laughs> and the funniest part was as I turn around, he starts like getting all tense, like, oh, gosh, you know. His eyes get so big, you know. I'm like, dang, dude, what's up? You know, he's like, it's like he thinks he can see better when he opens his eye bigger. I'm like, dude, you don't have to do that, man. Just calm down, buddy, you know. He's like, no, shut up. <laughs> he's so, like, aware of things. And my mom was telling me that the other day. Like, he was fussy. My mom's like, you need to, like, be happy, you know. He can feel this. You know, my mom say that. It's so funny. I'm like, okay, thanks, mom. He's, like, screaming in the background. I'm like, thanks. I'm going to be happy. <laughs> you feel it yet, baby? You feel it? Okay, he's not feeling it. You know, so I just, like, try to smile more. She's like, you just got to laugh with them. I'm like, ha, 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 And Ash is like, nothing's working, you know. Just feed the kid. Gosh, it works for me. It works for me. Does it work for you? Yes. When you're fussy, just, if, listen, ladies, listen. This is, should have, should have, When a man is fussy, give him food. If he's really hungry, it don't even matter what it is. It's got to be food. And that's how my kid is. Just give him food. Okay, that's not even, I'm going way off here. Time's clicking away. I'm trying to preach, man. I'm <laughs> Sow a seed. Okay. <sighs> I, I want to be, I want to be more aware, you know, especially with my wife. I want to be more aware of what is happening around me. I want to be more aware of my surroundings. I want to be more aware of what, what people are doing, what people are saying. And I've been, I've been known to be somebody who's aware, but tend to get tired and just, you know, and I want to be more aware of what, what God is doing. I want to be more aware of God. And so many times, so many times in our life, and I think even as, as just, not even so many times, I think in general, we're more like me in our relationship with God than we are like my son, who is very aware of all circumstances and situations that are happening. We're more like me in our relationship with God because we, we're not aware of God at the moment, and we're not aware of what God is doing at the moment. And God has asked us and called us to be people who are citizens and has really established us as citizens of his kingdom. And he says that he lives among us and lives in us and he is with us and that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. But yet we live like myself. When I am with Ashley, and if Ashley were God, if you would, go there with me. And the Lord would be saying something or doing something to us and in our midst and we miss out because we're unaware. God is doing a work here, even now, in this place, in this city. God has a purpose. He has a plan for what he desires to do here in Anchorage. And we as his people, as his body, need to be aware of what God is and what he is doing. You hear people say all the time, People that don't either don't believe in God or who just love to 
make accusations about God. Well, if God is real, why are so many things happening in this world that are so bad? And I say to them, because you're not doing anything about it, you loser. I don't say loser, but I do say things like that. Why are you, God is doing things in this world. And actually, the truth is, he's with the poor. And he's with the broken. And he's with all the situations that are horrible. The problem is the people that are in those situations don't choose to be aware of the God who is there in the midst of the situations. And, and we, more than anybody, need to be aware of God. Jacob, he's on a journey. He's walking to, where was he going to? Haran, right? I like, it's like Haran, he ran, he ran from his dad. Okay. And, and he leaves Beersheba, so he's walking. He's on this journey. And he gets tired. The sun starts setting. So he sleeps on a rock. That's what people do when they're tired, right? Like if you were tired, you'd sleep on a rock. Sometimes I'm like, did this really happen? Like, I can believe that God did something crazy, but why did the dude sleep on a rock? (laughs) I still just, okay. I don't want to know why, Caleb. Don't want to know why. And verse 16, the Bible says he wakes up and he says, Surely the Lord is in this place. There is a simple, yet one of the most profound, astonishing revelations. It is, it is a simple, yet, yet extremely profound and, and astounding truth. That God is omnipresent. That God is always, everywhere, at all times. In the Psalms, David says, If I go to hell, you're there. If I go to the highest places of heaven, you're there. Where can I go to flee from your presence? The answer is nowhere. God is everywhere. God is, he's everywhere and he's always everywhere. He says here in verse 15, he says to him, Behold, I am with you and I will keep you. Matthew 1, 23, Jesus is, is identified, he's defined as Emmanuel, God with us. That was, that's one of his names, to be God with us. I know that God's always everywhere, and I understand what omnipresent means. Been in church, heard it. Or some of you are like, sweet, cool. God is everywhere, man. Yeah. Even when I'm looking at pornography on the Internet, yeah, he's there. You would live differently if you knew God was there with you when you're looking at porn on the Internet, wouldn't you? You would live differently if you knew that God was there when you were making out with your boyfriend or girlfriend and doing things you shouldn't be doing with him, wouldn't you? You would would speak differently to your mom and dad if you knew that the God of the universe who is holy and there is none like him was standing in the midst of your conversation. And if you wouldn't, then you don't understand who the God is of this universe. The devil is not omnipresent. He is not everywhere. At all times. He's in one place 
at one time. He's a fallen angel. His, de- his demons and little minions aren't either. But God. This attribute is only given to God. And he shares it with none other. That he is omnipresent. So if he is omnipresent, if the God of the universe is omnipresent, and he's everywhere always, is what we're saying. He's with us. Then why is he not the most celebrated truth? Why is that? Why is that not the most celebrated universal truth? Why is that not a truth that is, that is celebrated across the world? Why is, that not, why is that not something that all people relish at? Why is that, if that is true, if God is omnipresent, if God is always everywhere at all times, then why don't people live differently from that perspective? Why is that not the most celebrated, the most joyful truth to us, that God would choose to be with man? Because to me, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a big deal. That's, a, that's an amazing truth. That in everything you do, whether it's good or bad, God chooses and says, I am always everywhere at all times. I am with you. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Jacob. Jacob was never not surrounded by the presence of God. As Jacob was on this journey, walking by himself, walking through the wilderness, Jacob was never not by himself. As he was walking, think about this, as he was walking from, from Beersheba to Haran, the angels were ascending from heaven to earth and descending back and forth. God was doing a work. God's kingdom was established. God was with him. God was for him and blessing him. God did have him in the palm of his hand. That was happening. The problem was not that God wasn't doing that. The problem is that God was doing that, but he knew it not. He did not, he did not know that God was in that place. He did not know that God was for him, that God's hand was upon him, that God was on his side. This is the world's problem. This is our problem, even as Christians. We, 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 have, we have fickle attitudes, meaning our attitudes are like a roller coaster. They're up and they're down, and they're up and they're down because we don't know who is with us and who is in us. We get frustrated really easy because we don't know We don't have genuine, authentic fellowship and and community and communion with God because we don't know, we don't acknowledge, we don't apprehend, we don't recognize, we don't reckon, we we don't try to comprehend the truth that God is 
with us. Do you hear what I'm saying? The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is. He didn't say the Lord was. He woke up from his dream. He didn't see the angels ascending. He didn't see God up on a ladder anymore. But he still says the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. Not just at camp when cool things are happening. Not just when you feel something cool happening. Not just when you're at some conference across the world. Not just when you're at a missionary thing. Not just when you're in this service. But God is always in this place. Wherever you happen to be, God is there. And you are the one that is responsible for acknowledging that or not. God is not the one that is responsible to try to some way, somehow, continually to keep reminding you. God does continually pursue you to open up your eyes to know and to see what he is doing. But it is your responsibility to say, wait a minute, I must acknowledge that simple yet profound truth that would change my life. It would alter my entire life if I live from the perspective that God is with me. A.W. Tozer says, A.W. Tozer is, uh, he's a writer, a uh, very popular writer. He's dead now, but man of God, awesome writer. He says, God is here when we are wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, when we are wholly unaware of it. God is here when we are wholly unaware of it. He is manifest only when we Sorry, only when and as we are aware of his presence. He's always with us, but he chooses to manifest himself. When we choose to be aware, to acknowledge the God who is with us. Do you hear what I'm saying? An acknowledgement away. My title tonight is God. An acknowledgement away. God is only an acknowledgement away from you having an encounter and a relationship with him. We say stupid things like, I want to get into God's presence. What are we saying when we say that? How about, I want to acknowledge that I am in God's presence. And as you acknowledge and are aware of that truth, then God's spirit and God's presence manifests himself in your heart, in your life, in your circumstance, in your situation. Your whole life changes when you choose to acknowledge no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what the situation is, God is in this place. He is for me. He has me in the palm of his hand. He is securing me and being my stability. God is in this place. I think it's amazing that God takes his time. He could have said anything to Jacob in this dream, but he chooses to tell him, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. I have you in the palm of my hand. And he wakes up and says, my goodness, God is in this place, but I knew it not. I didn't know the most amazing truth that God chooses to be with me. And man, if he chooses to be with me and to bless me, to give me food, to put me on, put clothes on my body, then my goodness, I'm going to serve the Lord all the days of my life. I will follow him and I will give him a tenth of everything that I have. Because he understood, because he acknowledged, because he chose to apprehend. 
because he chose to reckon the reality of his eternal presence and his omniscient being is always with us. You with me? He chose to reckon the reality of his eternal presence. He didn't try to make God come, but there was a reality that he is here, and he simply recognized, he simply reckoned that reality that he was here, and as that happened, God manifests himself. The very last verse this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. Jacob was a child of Abraham. In essence, he was a child of God, like many of you. Come on, Gabe. That's a that's, that truth. If you'd acknowledge that truth and live from that, your life would never be the same. But Jacob was a child of God, but not living and acknowledging the promises of God. Walking through a wilderness, lonely, not knowing what to do. He's running from what he just had done. God didn't interrupt his time and rebuke him. God interrupted his time to say, I'm with you. Jacob was a child of God just like all of us. And like most of us, not living in his promises. Walking in the wilderness while God and his kingdom was surrounding him continually. And he didn't know it. And he chose to put his head on a rock. Do you, want, do you want to know why the Bible tells us that he put his head on a rock? The Bible says in Ephesians 2, yeah, Gabriel, I do. Taking notes. Why don't I ask that question like you're going to re- respond to me, you know? <laughs> or when I say things like, can I tell you something? Let me show you something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Ephesians 19, sorry, Ephesians 2:19 says that we are strangers on earth. Hear me, this is it right here. We are strangers on earth, but citizens in God's kingdom. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jacob was walking in the wilderness. God was doing a work. God in his kingdom was advancing, was moving, was empowering. The angels were ascending and descending on earth. And the Bible says that he gets kind of tired. And the sun starts to set. And he looks around and he finds a stone. And he puts his head on a stone. And he rests his head on a stone. And as he rests his head on a stone, 
He has a dream, and God shows him as he rests his head on the stone. God manifests his presence in the midst of him. God shows him what he was doing all along. God shows him at that that moment, at that time, that I'm going to show you what I am doing as you rest your head on on this stone. This stone represents Jesus as the chief cornerstone. It represents Jesus as the rock, as the stone that the builders rejected, but we have received. This stone represents God. It represents a mountain, a rock, a foundation that is higher and stronger than any of us. This stone represents Jesus and what he has done and what he has accomplished. And as this man Though he was completely unaware of what God was doing, when he chose to put his head on this stone, this stone that he eventually calls the house of God, it is at that moment that God manifests himself in the midst of him. God is always with us. God is always doing something in your midst and in my midst. God is, in the beginning, God. And in the end, God. And right now, God. He's with us. But the gateway, the gateway to experiencing the manifestation, the expression, the tangibleness of God's presence, the gateway to experiencing that is by setting your mind on Jesus, by setting your focus, by setting your attention, by resting your mind, your thoughts, your, all of your distractions, by resting your whole mind, your head, resting it on the rock that is Christ. As you rest your head, as you rest your mind, as you rest your mentality, as you rest your attention and your focus on Jesus and what he has done, that he came and he lived a life and he died and he died so that this veil that separated us from him, when he died, he rent this veil. He destroyed this thing that separated, that kept us from God. He tore it in half so that you and I could fellowship, could have relationship, could have communion with him so that he could really be with us and inside of us. And as we choose on a daily basis, all day, every day, to say, wait a minute. Because I'm going to take my focus, I'm going to take my attention and say, because of what Jesus has done, because of what he has already done, because of who he is, God is right here with me and he lives in me. And as you begin to dwell on that and all that you do, not just in your prayer time, Not just in your worship time, not just on Sunday, but as you choose to set your mind on him and to rest your attention on Christ and what he has done, and you acknowledge that truth of who God is, and that he is with us, God expresses himself in our midst. He expresses himself. He reveals himself. But we don't don't do that. You know, we... We pray, we pray different. We pray like God is really far away from us. We, we, pray like, we pray like we're writing God a letter and sending it off and saying, I hope he comes back soon. P.S. 
I need a quick response. We, we pray like, like he's not with us. We, we pray like we're talking to each other. I don't pray certain things I pray so that you hear what I'm saying. I don't pray things to help your doctrine. I pray as though I were talking to God. But some people pray to help change people's doctrine, and that's not prayer. That's teaching with your eyes closed. And that's weird. Do you see what I'm saying? When I say pray, you say things to sound cool or religious. And God's the whole time going, I'm right here, and you're praying to your friend. Or rather, you're asking me to do something I've already done for you. You you see what I'm saying? You're you're asking me to come? Why? Why? Somebody help me. I've said this before, but I still hear it all the time. Cameron is right here in my presence. If Cameron is right here, Am I going to ask Cameron to, Cameron, come here? Weird. Would it make any sense for me to ask Cameron to come? Whoa. Would it make any sense? Is not God always with us? Well, Gabriel, that's just what we say because, you know, it just sounds cool. Sure. To who? Because I think it's pretty annoying. Because I'm thinking, why are we praying things that don't even make any sense? Because we're not acknowledging that he's already here with us. We don't acknowledge that Jesus died, buried, rose again, ascended, and gave us all things pertaining to life and godliness. That he blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That he lives inside of us. That we are his son. That we are his friend. That we are a brother to Christ. He is our Lord, our Savior, our Master. We're seated in heavenly places, established in Him and in His kingdom. But yet we pray things like we're not there. And we talk to God as though He were really, really, really far away. And we really, really, really want Him to come closer to us. All because we've heard other people pray that. And because it sounds really spiritual. When I do that, I feel like He's coming. When you experience God's manifested presence... It's not because you prayed the right words. It's only because you, aware, you acknowledge that he was there in your midst. You, he's only an acknowledgement away. He's not a sacrifice away. He was a sacrifice away, but Jesus became the sacrifice. He's no longer a sacrifice. He doesn't need you to get on your knees and pray for 15 minutes to make some way, somehow, that he might come and bless you. He's only an acknowledgement away. 
all of humanity is only an acknowledgement away from God. And sometimes that acknowledgement means, God, I'm a sinner, I repent, and I turn to you right now. But as us for Christians, we wake up and we're completely unaware of what God has done, what God is doing, and what God wants to do. And what we need to do is wake up in the morning and say, God, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're planning on doing. And right now, I'm going to acknowledge that you're here. You're with me. You love me. You've blessed me. You're for me. You're on my side. You have me in my hand. I am in your hand. And as you acknowledge that, God floods your heart. As the temple of God. A.W. Tozer. God is here when we are wholly unaware of it. He manifests only when and as we are aware of his presence. There's two different things. There's God's always with us. And there's God expressing and manifesting himself in our midst. That doesn't happen by saying the right things. It happens by you setting your mind on Christ. What he has done. And that God is with you. When you, when you have that perspective, when you're aware of that, when you acknowledge that, you pray differently. You, you, say, you say thank you a lot more. When, when, when you understand that God is with you, you worship and you praise differently. When you understand that God is with you, you live a life differently. You wake up in the morning. You know what the difference? Last week I talked about being all in. You know the difference of somebody who is all in and somebody who isn't all in in regards to a relationship with God? One of the differences is that somebody who is all in wakes up every morning and all day long chooses to acknowledge God in that moment with him and he chooses to live and walk with him. But somebody who isn't all in is somebody who visits God and sees the relationship with God as a visitation. Sees a relationship with God as, as my time in the morning in my Bible, my time at church, my time when I run into the back of somebody's car and I say, Lord, help me. But God desires to live life with you. God desires to be a companion to you. He desires to be a, clo- a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He desires to be your, your very help in time of trouble and in time of need. He desires to be that to you, but you have to acknowledge it. You have to apprehend that truth that he's with you. Are you hearing me? You'll pray different. You'll read your Bible different. You won't read your Bible by yourself. When you acknowledge that God's with you, your Bible begins to read you. Your Bible begins to talk to you and to tell you what you're not doing. And tell you what you need to be doing. Your Bible jumps off, the words of your Bible jump off the page and come alive to you and speak and instruct to you as a disciple of Christ when you understand that God is with you because you've acknowledged him and at that moment he begins to speak to you and talk to you. This book is not a book to look at as though it were some history book. It's the word of God to help direct us and help us to understand who God is and to put us on a place where we understand who he is and understand how to relate with him. You live differently. But when you're all in, you'll pray differently. Can we have the worship team come up, please? When you're all in, you pray differently. You say thank you a lot more. When, you, when your whole focus and your whole heart 
is set on that God is here with you. Man, it's a lot of a lot of commotion, man. When you understand and you acknowledge that Jesus is here with you right now, you live differently. That's what I desire. I desire that each one of you, each one of us, would be people that acknowledge God and experience the fullness of his presence, the fullness of his peace, and the fullness of his joy, and the fullness of his mercies, and the fullness of his purpose and his will, that we would experience that and walk in that and encounter God on a daily basis, all day, not just on a daily basis, but on a moment-by-moment basis, that we live with God, that we talk with God, that we commune with God, that we relate with him, I'm not saying that you're weird and you go in a corner and you pray all day long. I'm saying that in all you're doing, that you're acknowledging God. And as you acknowledge God, he expresses and manifests himself to you. When you understand that God's with you, you rest more. You don't work so hard at trying to get him to come or something. You give him your whole life. As Jacob says, I want to live my life for you and give you a tenth, a ten percent of all that I have. In other words, I want to give you the first fruits of everything that I have. I want to, I want to take a few minutes to once again go into worship and praise. And, and we're not going into God's presence. You're in his presence. He's present. And you're on earth. Therefore, you're in his presence. Unbelievers are in God's presence. They just don't know that they're in his presence. And one day they'll be judged and held accountable for everything they did and said. But you have an opportunity tonight to get rid of your old philosophy You have an opportunity to get rid of your own thinking and take a few moments. We're going to sing one song. We're going to worship in one song. And I'm asking that you would ask yourself, do I do this? Do I act like God's really far away? And do I pray really weird things? Would you all stand with me?